first known rules of golf were drawn up in 1744 by the gentleman golfers of Edinburgh in Leith, Scotland. Since then, the game has changed dramatically. Golf courses, equipment, and not least the rules. So where do I go when I want to learn about the rules of the game today? Well, I go to the Golf Rules Questions podcast with Blakey and Roscoe, of course. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Golf Rules Questions podcast. everyone, Blakey here from Golf Rules Questions, bringing you the Golf Rules Questions podcast this week with my co-host Stuart McPhee. Morning, Stuart. Hi, Blakey. How are you? Well, it is morning for me. Um, maybe not for you, though. We will get to that and uh, the exciting place where you are and why you are there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm uh, somewhere different. This is I'm recording from the hotel room at the moment, uh, but we'll get to that after we cover the GRQ OTW 56, which was what, Stuart? It was you and I playing in a stroke play event. I lifted for interference. You were very careful and told me that I couldn't clean. There was mud on my ball and I couldn't clean it. And when I replaced the ball on the spot, I reorientated the ball so the mud was facing in a different direction to help my actual next putt. And I just asked the question whether I had breached any rule and if so, what the penalty was for that breach. Yeah, so the answer to that one is as long as you place the ball uh, back down in the right, the correct spot, um, there is no breach. But we need to elaborate further on that, what the correct spot is. Um, so if you place it with the mud facing in any direction um, horizontally, uh, then you're not going to incur a penalty because the ball itself is back in the same spot. Uh, but if you, if the mud was on top and you placed it underneath or vice versa, then mud was underneath and you placed it on top or the mud was somewhere else and you've placed it underneath the ball uh, or you've placed the ball so that the mud is touching the ground. Then, if you think about it uh, logically, you've actually placed the ball in a different uh, position uh, than where you've lifted it from. Uh, what's the interpretation for that one, Stuart? Uh, it'll be under 14.2, replacing ball on spot. I think it's the first interpretation that even mentions the word mud and talking about yeah. when you replace a ball on the spot, it can be in any orientation. Yeah, so that was uh, a good example, but we, we didn't search too far for uh, where that question came from. <laughs> no. Um, okay. Well, you know, you actually going into that, you, you've sort of started learning the rules recently, although you did... You did touch on it before 2019 in your duties as captain, correct? Uh, on the committee, not captain quite then. but So you, mm. you touched on it then, you had the decisions book and it was always a question and answer um, with every, you know, mm. that was what the decisions book was. Whereas the interpretations book or the official guide um, doesn't give you a question and answer. It just states this is how you should read the rule. Um, that's, it does give you a lot of good practical examples, though. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them came from out of the decisions book. Like they didn't, uh, you know, reinvent the wheel exactly. They just wanted to tidy up um, the wording, um, which was good. And, and a lot of our questions will come from that because it's a lot safer <laughs> to take it from the people that created the rules than make up our own 
um, haphazard type questions, although we do try and push the boundaries sometimes. A lot safer. Yeah, a lot safer. So, Definitely. Uh, hope, everyone, hope everyone got that one right for episode 56. Uh, we're now into episode 57, and I am coming to you, well, not live, but I'm recording this <laughs> in a hotel room, in a hotel room in England. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. I got here on Saturday. No, I didn't. I got here on Sunday. So it's, uh, it's Tuesday today. I got here on Sunday, left on Saturday. It was about 23 hours in the air um and about 30 hours all up transiting and uh and now i'm here for uh for a, yeah for a good time no <laughs> yeah we can't let that go we have to say you're not just there for holiday you're there because you're very good at what you do and if you can just tell us you're obviously there for golf and not to play but to officiate so what are yes, your duties yeah, in the next week or two so i'm uh i'm working for the aging tour this week for the International Series England tournament. And it's being played at Slally, I'll get that wrong, Slally Hall, Slaley Hall. No, not be Slaley. Slaley Hall. Uh, there's two courses here. We're just on the hunting course, I think it is. Um, and yeah, I had a look at a uh, look around it yesterday um, before it started raining. And then it just kept raining from about lunchtime onwards. It just kept raining. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to get a lot of that this week. So hopefully the rain gear is up to it. Uh, got the gloves, got a scarf. It's it's cold is what I'm saying. Um, although I left Melbourne and Melbourne is about the same. So um, it wouldn't have mattered where I went. And uh, yeah, just, just one of the um, referees for the week, uh, helping out the Asian tour run there. And they're one of their bigger tournaments on their calendar. Um, over here in England, which does sound a bit strange, but uh, golf and tournament golf and professional tournament golf is, yeah, is a, is a different, it's an evolving landscape at the moment. So uh, it's very interesting and really good to be a part of, you know, for all the bad publicity of these kind of things happening in what we'd almost say outside of jurisdiction. Um, at the end of the day, I'm just here to run a golf tournament and a good one. And I, that's what I love to do. So um, yeah, looking forward to a good week. Well, that is fantastic news. And I'm very, very happy for you. And you would never in a million years say this. So I'm gonna say it. So the fact that someone, a tour has flown you literally to the other side of the world, and I should have done so with business class, obviously just shows the regard they hold you in and the fact that you've been flown over there to be one of the referees for the next two weeks is just fantastic news and I'm really, really happy for you and I hope you have a great experience the next two weeks. So well done on being a part of that and, again, being selected to go and uh, referee at a professional event. I think it's fantastic news. Yeah, no problem. I'll uh, get out the stopwatch this week and put some people on the clock. Good stuff. Well, I mean, let's get on with the. Uh, what's that? That's the main. Uh, that's the main reason they flew me out here is uh, just to be the time police. Um, I didn't know you were that good at the stopwatch. Okay, so we're going to get on to some of your GRQ videos, and we need to go back a few weeks to one that actually got a fair bit of attention involving a, a professional tour 
two years ago in a stroke play event and a playoff between two players and a player who pulled his drive way left. The video is on your YouTube channel. And when he found his original ball next to a fence, that's when it sort of got interesting and um, where he had interference from a clear immovable obstruction. And that's the scene. So if you want to take it from there and just explain why it got so interesting from what should have been a really simple relief or free relief from an abnormal course condition. Why did it get so interesting after that? Yeah, I just need to make a clarification here before, before, before we get into it. Um, do you think that it's two years ago because it's called the 2020 Pro Tour? You've got me, I do. I think that's actually just the name of the tour and this happened about a month and a half not ago. So, not so long ago. Well, I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> maybe, maybe I was thinking the same thing when I saw it. I was like, 2020 Pro Tour. So I, maybe they started it in 2020 and then, you know, that's that's just the name of it. And now they've I thought you dug up this video from the archives, you know, and no, just no, grabbed one happened. from the vault. It literally, it literally happened six weeks ago. Okay. So now, um, having said anyway, that, the facts haven't changed. It was in a playoff. <laughs> That's what happened. No. Yeah, so it was in a stroke play playoff. So it's obviously a a new round. Um, that doesn't really matter uh, all that much here. But uh, one of the players hit their ball left. They had interference, clear interference with an immovable obstruction, as you said. It was a fence inside the course that was fencing or fenced off a wooded area um you know it, it was great coverage and they had a commentator right there basically talking to the players like the players were mic'd up essentially unfortunately the um commentator didn't really know the rules and they were about to take the correct relief but then and i said this in the video it looks like they've gone well that's a bit unfair which was you know it was completely correct it might it wasn't actually unfair at all because he was dropping from the same condition into the same condition um but they're thinking oh but then he has to hit through a fence well or over a fence well i mean that's that's the rule it's an immovable obstruction you have to hit around just like you have to hit around a tree um sometimes you've got to hit around buildings that's just the that's just the way it is. So they ended up talking him out of taking the correct relief, giving him incorrect relief, which uh, meant that he dropped in a wrong place, played from the wrong place. Um, and then we don't actually find out who ended up winning, but um, at the end of the day, this was this information was passed on to the committee, and that committee had no other option but to basically possibly DQ the player um, that made that issue, meaning that they came second because it, again it was a uh, it was a, a new round. Um, so you know in a stroke play playoff you can actually not finish the round and that doesn't mean you get DQ'd from the tournament. It just means you come last or second or whatever it is for that uh, that playoff. So yeah, it was a bit it was a bit of a strange one. You, to go and have a check it out or if you haven't already. Um, it's had some good views and, you know, a lot of people commented, why don't they have a referee? Which is, yeah, it doesn't take much to um, get a referee these days. Um, the 
certainly in England, I reckon their referee development pathway is a lot better than some other places around the world. There are volunteers out there that are willing to, to yeah, give it a go and and, and at least have read, uh, read the rule book rather than just watch the PGA Tour. <laughs> I think a really interesting part of that, and someone made a comment in the YouTube video, was it's almost like you, the stroke play event, 72 holes or whatever it was, is over. And it's now down to a playoff, new round, as you said. And it's all easy to think that it's all of a sudden match play because it's just two players and it's one-on-one -on -one and it's so easy. For, and I saw that in the comments. Oh, well, it's just... And when he was talking about where he was to take relief, it's almost like the commentary and also the comments were, well, but the opponent was okay with it. Well, of course, he's not an opponent. Um, so it was easy for, I think, for people to think automatically match play. And automatically, if you drop in a wrong place, well, that's loss of hole, therefore that's it. Um, it's not loss of a hole, hole at all. You're just adding two to your number of strokes you have for that hole, um, assuming you're not disqualified uh, for a serious breach. Anyway, yeah, just interesting in your, you know, just interesting that, oh, well, now it's match play. Well, it's not match play, stroke play. Yeah, no, that's, that's spot on. The mentality might be match play, one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. but the rules are still stroke play. Great, great point. And I did see that mm. comment as well. So, um, mm. yeah, it, it, uh, you know, I think, mm. I think though that um, that goes a little bit deeper, that comment too, because a lot of people think, you know, I do, a lot of people do think that if the marker says it's okay, um, then it's okay. And that's not necessarily true <laughs> as well. Um, mm. Because it's not, it's not uh, okay if the person playing in that group is, doesn't feel like they're affected, um, then it's then everything's all good. That's not correct because you've got to protect, and this is when you're refereeing in stroke play events, you've got to protect the whole field. You're not just uh, mm. looking after um, the, the one guy that's in that or two guys that are playing in that group. And as you taught me, the marker is really the eyes and ears of the committee. And it's just another person who can report the facts to the committee as they're investigating a particular incident or situation. It also makes me think, okay, we know it's not match play, although the mentality from a player's perspective might be, I've just got to beat this guy if he has, a, if he has an eight, you know, I'm okay if I have a seven or less. But from a stroke play perspective, again, why no referee, he could have so easily proceeded under 20.1 C3, and that is play two balls and stroke play. As silly as it may have looked on a professional tour, he could have well within his rights. I'm not sure here. And potentially, you know, played two balls, worked it out later. And if one of those balls that he nominated perhaps, you know, tied the guy, well, off they go to another playoff hole and keep going until someone catches wind of something that's happened and they can investigate. And anyway, just probably never popped into his mind of, I'll just play two balls here and we'll work it out later. Yeah. Yep. Understood. Agreed. Mm. Right, what are we up to next? Um, the recent winner of a very big tournament, Justin Thomas, but not at this, not at that tournament. Another one when he was uh, third round, I think it was the Velspar on the top of my head. Um, third round, first shot of the day, first to push his drive right. And it got very, very close to a, let's call it a fence marking out of bounds. And the fence in question was, and again, it's on your YouTube channel, the fence in question would not normally be there uh, for member play. And so it was temporary in nature and it interfered with his 
potential uh, line of play. So he simply asks the question of whether he could get interference, uh, sorry, relief from the interference that that temporary object was posing for his next stroke. So the referee came on in and gave him, the referee did definitely confirm over the radio and gave him the answer. So that's the scene. So if you want to talk about boundary objects, even if they are temporary, um, and what happened there with Justin Thomas. Yeah, I mean, he had a good point. He was like, well, it's temporary. Um, so doesn't that make it a TIO? Well, no, they they wish for that object that week to be part of the fence. Um, some other tournaments, they do make it a TIO, um, whether it's just inside or just outside um, the fence. But this week they had made it um, part of the boundary fence. And so there was no TIO relief. There was no any, anything relief. It's a, it's a boundary object, so there's no free relief. Um, he ended up chipping out and putting it on and making a putt for birdie anyway. But uh, but regardless of what he scored, whether he scored a birdie or an eight, you know, it was all about you know getting the rule correct and the fact that there just was no relief from the boundary object, whether it was temporary or permanent in nature. Um, the local rules had it as a boundary object. We know there's zero relief from a boundary object, but you could see obviously where Thomas was coming from. The fact that it was, that, that probably wasn't here on Monday, you know, a few days ago, and it's there now, therefore it's temporary. Therefore, you know, we know, as you said about TIOs, the fact that players are very used to getting relief from grandstands and toilet blocks and stuff that are not normally there. But as you said, the boundary object was almost the trump card of almost, well, bad luck. Hmm. Yeah, well, um, okay. this tournament that we've got this week is a is a few rock walls, and it's going to be interesting. Uh, we're just talking about it at the moment. Obviously, the um, the boundary ones, the rock wall was on the outside. Usually, it's the outside of the rock wall um, that defines the out of bounds. Don't don't ask me why. Um, whereas it's the inside of the fence, uh, but we will look at that and put that in the local rules but there are some rock walls that are inside the course and you know we're just talking at the moment about whether we make them integral or immovable obstructions my preference would be integral you just play as it lies bad luck but um <laughs> you know i guess if they're in such a position if they're in such a position that uh, they really do affect um the way that pole was played and that wasn't the way that, that it was designed um and they, they might make them the movable obstructions that they can get free relief. That's not the boundary ones. That's just the ones that mm. are inside the court. So what's the, uh, obviously a bricklayer hasn't put all these walls up on Monday. So what are the members? What's the normal status of those brick walls inside the course? Uh, actually, yeah, I haven't looked at the uh, local rules for the, for the course itself. Um, I would say that they would be boundary objects, um, but the ones in the inside haven't uh, haven't had a chance to grab a scorecard yet. Okay, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll make that uh, make that decision. I mean, a lot of the players will have never played here before, so whatever we decide, um, we'll go. Okay, enough on uh, Justin Thomas and his temporary boundary object. 
Yes. Um, and the next video, or the one just you posted very, very recently, was Brandon Grace and his ball. I guess in a way he was lucky to find it, but a ball coming to rest lodged in a tree trunk, not very tall, but a tree trunk that has obviously been there for a long time and uh, got a referee into assist and was probably just working at his options, although probably back in the back of his mind, he probably knew he only really had one option. But there was a comment on the channel about why don't they get rid of those things? Clearly, the tree is not alive anymore. Um, you know, the stump would be lucky to be a metre high. Um, why is it in the way? Why would you have a golfer, you know, hit his ball into there and then have to pay the price? Anyway, you can talk about what Brandon Grace did and the options available to him. Yeah, he was he was playing in the Zurich Zurich Classic of New Orleans, which is the team's event. So one day they play foursomes, the next day they play four ball. And on this day happened to be the four ball. Um, and he hit his drive in one of the holes. And it's ended up, it's just gone straight into an old tree stump. And I couldn't play the balls at lies. He was hoping to get free relief for something. Uh, but if you'll see the um, sort of the interpretation under the ground under repair, doesn't state that uh, tree stumps are by default ground under repair unless they um, have been uh, in the process of being removed or whatever. This which this one wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was clearly, yeah, it was clearly there just as a part of the scenery of the course. Um, I know, I know, a lot of designers would probably get rid of it. They'd say uh, trees aren't supposed to be. Um, you know, part of the theatre of golf. But uh, anyway, there was, this one wasn't removed and it was just like having a ball stuck in any tree and um, he couldn't play it. And in retrieving it uh, reasonably, uh, he broke off a piece of the tree, but that wouldn't have wouldn't mattered. He still would have been taken and unplayable. Took his two club links to the side, put the ball on the green and um, I don't think his score counted for that hole. But yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting ruling, and um, good to showcase that kind of stuff, so that people realise that yeah, you don't just get free relief from your ball being stuck in a tree or stuck in a tree stump. It's just bad luck, isn't it? And really, the only it's option you have been is to take the unplayable ball relief, which is why the rule is there, I guess. Anywhere but a penalty area. I mean, you can take that option if you're stuck. Yeah, exactly right. It's uh, it's my favourite rule. Everyone should know that. <laughs> uh, um, well, that's it for your videos. And of course, all of those are on your uh, YouTube channel. Uh, I just wanted to just tackle some of the recent uh, community questions on your YouTube channel, uh, the two recent ones and the votes, which is good to see some healthy uh, votes coming in. If we can just go back two questions to the practice part. So this was Helen finish the ninth hole, walks up towards the 10th tee and sees, hang on, the group in front still haven't teed off. I have a few minutes here. Throws a ball or two onto the practice green and actually has a few putts. And the question was simply, is there any penalty for having some practice during your round? And 50, only 59% of over a thousand votes got that correct. Would you like to talk about what practice strokes you can make during a round, during a stroke play round? Yeah, well, you asked us, um, you gave this question, which was a really good one. Um, 
obviously between the play of two holes, like during the hole, you're not allowed to practice. Uh, but between the play of two holes, um, you can practice on the putting green just played. Um, that's chipping and putting. So you can chip a putt near the practice uh, near the putting green just played. You know, you've now finished any practice green on the course or on the next team area. Um, you know, it's within reason. You couldn't say that you were, you know, it's, it's a chip. It's not a pitch shot. It's not a full swing. Um, and the same for the teeing area. You know, you, you I, I don't want to put a number on it, but, uh, you know, if, if you can't really uh, get to that area easily, then you're probably a bit too far away. Um, but uh, yeah, you are allowed to do that between the play of two holes. And it's not often that you're going to have a practice area uh, between, between the play of two holes. But if you're going from, say, the 18th to the first, usually there'll be a putting green around the first tee. Um, you know, at Peninsula Kingswood, which uh, where Ross is a member, uh, there's a putting green out between the 9th and the 10th. Um, on the north course so you know and and because it's between the ninth and the tenth it's also between the oh i'm gonna get this wrong it's like the, uh, <laughs> i've only been on the south course i can't help you it's like between the 13th and 14th or something like that you play 10 uh, back 11 12 13 14 every 14 and 15 so you know if you're waiting there it's par three for 15 if you're waiting there um you could just have a practice putt and you obviously you're not de delaying play. You're not allowed to delay play. Um, plus I've actually got a video about this on my YouTube and just talking about how PGA tour pros, they actually in their hard card, um, they aren't allowed to practice after they finish the hole. So you'll never see one drag a putt back <laughs> unless, unless it's a, um, some of their match play, like the, WGC, yeah, the WGC, I think they allow it. Um, I think the President's Cup, they allow it. I think the Ryder Cup, they don't allow it. I think I remember talking about that last year when the Ryder Cup was on. Uh, but so, yeah, so I had a big I had a big asterisk here and you've covered it. And that was don't delay play. <laughs> don't have the group in the fairway wanting to hit onto the green. And, you know, <laughs> you grab, drag the ball out of the hole and have a few more putts. Uh, if, because you're allowed to when the group behind you is waiting to hit. So you've covered that. Thank you. Don't delay play. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You know, we talk about um, club situations. Um, I had a group in at my club the other day that were really slow. They were first off the back nine, or first off, first off the front nine in the afternoon field, and they took four hours 45. And, you know, one one of the members came in and, complained about um, one of the other players in the group. I asked, talked to the other player in the group and he said, no, it wasn't me. It was this other guy and they were having heaps of shots and everyone just passed the buck. Um, but, you know, one of the points that the first guy made was, well, this guy was hanging back and practicing his putts and mm. the group behind confirmed that. They were like, yeah, he was practicing his putts. And you, as we said, you are permitted to practice, but if you're delaying the group in front and you, there's no one in the fairway, you know, you, you should be at the tee ready to hit your, um, then that's just inexcusable. The, uh, if I uh, am not going to delay play, can I just 
walk back into a bunker, drop a ball in there and have a practice shot out of the bunker of the hole I just completed? Uh, bunker shots. No, no, you're not permitted. A bunker shot's not a chip or a putt. Um, no. You know, in some, in some situations, it does say there's an exception um, if you're continuing play of the hole. So say you've um, hit one out of bounds, another out of bounds, and you just walk, uh, you walk up there and sort of drop one um, where it went out of bounds. You didn't, you know, you finished the hole basically, disqualified yourself in a stay awkward. Um, you can continue play of the hole. That's, yeah, that's one of the exceptions. There's about three. One of the exceptions to practicing during play of the hole. Yeah. And that is if the result of the hole has already been decided. Yeah, exact, exactly right. Um, mm. Yeah, but at the same Another time, one is hitting a ball back uh, to another player as a courtesy or hitting a ball back to a practice area, driving yeah, range. Driving range. Yeah, at Spring Valley, we have a driving range between the ninth and the first. Um, so, you know, if balls go out into the ninth or on the first, um, people just chip them back, which we're, we're happy with. And, you know, there's another interpretation with that particular exception, and that is if you emulate the shot you're about to hit to the green because you're about to hit a full-blooded nine-nine, so you actually hit that ball back to the driving range with full-blooded nine-nine, you could be penalised for practising because you're emulating your next stroke. So yeah. that's an interpretation as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that sounds like dead set practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No exception is going to help you with that. 59% got that. I think the where the doubt came in on that question was the fact that it wasn't the green of the hole just completed. It was yeah. a practice facility. Yeah, I think it was probably enough of a seed of doubt. The most recent question was improvements you can make in the teeing area. So I'd be interested in your just general comments about how much you can get away with in the teeing area before you start play of a hole. Yeah, I, mean, I think 64% I think, uh, of that uh, got that one correct so far. 65 at the moment, yep, correct. Yep. Yeah, they, um, they remember Phil Mickelson um, breaching the rule and getting penalised, but what Phil did was outside the penalty area. Uh, not outside the teeing area. His, yeah. his actions were outside the teeing area, so he improved the line of play outside the teeing area. Um, so that's a, a slightly different situation. It, when your ball is in the teeing area, um, you can almost, you know, become one of the maintenance crew if there's some <laughs> weeds, grass, a, a full, a fully blown tree, you could try and cut it down. Again, not mm -hmm. unreasonably delaying play. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you can improve your stance, improve the lie of the ball. All those cats. Mm. Yeah, it, it it pretty much. So, um, you know, if there's if there's frost or dew or water, um, you can actually soak it up if you wish, as well. Mm. So, this is stuff that you can't do anywhere else. No. Mm. So the teeing area is, is a sort of a sacred area where, well, actually, it's the other way around, isn't it? It's more like a mm. non-sacred area. You can do whatever mm. you want. You, you've uh, got to get out of jail free cut that you can improve all those things you can, you can alter the surface of the ground you can yeah. slam your iron in to make a little tea tea for yourself natural tea for yourself there's so much you can get away with but as you said as soon as you step outside that rectangle um and you're about to place your foot on something outside the teeing area to make your next stroke and you press down a divot and all that sort of stuff that get out of jail free cut doesn't apply yeah, inside that area 
if the tree is growing outside the teeing area and overhangs into your teeing area, you're not actually allowed to break those off because mm. um, it's not growing inside the teeing area. Mm. And probably the only similarity would be on the putting group where you can make a lot of repair, um, except for natural, where you can make a lot of repair on the putting group to help with your line of play. Yeah, um, if there was a really the only other place. There was sort of a pyramid of areas that you could do a lot of stuff to, um, whether you see it as down the bottom or up the top, whatever. Teeing ground would be where you can do everything, and then putting green would be next, and then um, after that, you know, your bunker county area and general area are pretty similar. Bunker would be down the bottom, wouldn't it? Because you can't even green your club. Can't well, stick your finger in the sand. You can't. You can firmly place your feet. So sure. Um, yeah, you can test a bit. Mm. Um, test with your test with your feet. Uh, so just don't tell it's, anyone. <laughs> it's a t it's a tough one there. I mean, sand would be next if wherever the sand is, um, because you are permitted slightly to some areas to uh, yeah dig your feet in basically, even if that if mm. that's in the bunker or general area or penalty area. Mm. But you wouldn't be able to, you know, do something behind the ball or, or whatever. Yeah. As I say, those uh, conditions are protected to ensure yeah. you play the course as you find it and play the ball as it lies. Um, sorry, I just have a cat here. I'm trying to get rid of. You don't want to see him. Well, that was that. Um, uh, that's quite befitting that we're talking about cats. Cats, very funny. If people don't know the acronym for uh, CATS, Conditions Affecting Stroke. Uh, stroke yeah. Conditions Affecting the Stroke, otherwise it'll be CAST. Um, so, yeah. That is and and there are five of them, and I won't put you on the spot. You probably know five, but I won't put you on the spot. There's five conditions affecting the stroke. Um, lie, uh, area of intended swing, area of intended stance, uh, line of play and where you're going to drop or place the ball. Easy. Yeah, that was easy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <yes> um, it was. <laughs> anyway, it's right. So moving on from uh, our community questions, they're going really well. Yeah, as you said, the patronage, the voltage is up. So Good. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going with them and Hopefully I'll record, yeah, I'll record another one in the in the hotel room this week. Very good. Well, speaking of questions, uh, you have the honour to present the uh, GRQOTW for this podcast for, for our viewers. Do you have that ready to go? Yeah, so number 57, and this was actually sent in to us by another steward, and it's an, in, yeah, it's an interesting question. So um, Fraser hits his ball down the 16th at Wombat Hills <laughs> and hits it a little bit left uh, into a sort of a wooded area. Gets down there, finds his ball is actually stuck in a tree. So it's in a tree, let's just say, between two branches, um, a foot off the ground. I'm trying to describe this, be as descriptive as I can. Foot off the ground. He looks around to see that no one's looking and uh, kicks the ball out of between the two branches or between the two, between the V and the tree, essentially. 
his ball comes into a better lot a better location and he plays his shot from there um, what is are there any penalties and uh, and what would the penalties be so just just reiterating just going over it again he hits it into a tree stuck in the tree about a foot off the ground he kicks his ball out of the tree um, so that's now in a spot where he can swing at it um, can make a stroke at it and plays a shot from there uh, how many penalty strokes and what are they won't make any difference but this is just in the general area i'm guessing yes yeah just in the just in the general area so that Good was uh, that was ot uh, grq otw for 57 so uh that's a great question because i don't think that's ever happened ever in golf no one would have ever <laughs> done that <laughs> remove their ball some yeah. way shape or form from a tree put it into a better position and then hit it and continued on and no one's watching and oh you got luck over there fraser well done well actually actually uh stuart's question did add to that that the club captain had been watching this whole time and came over and tapped him on the shoulder and said um you know and and then the question is what did he say what did the club get please say? explain hmm. yeah please explain um did he hand out any penalties or did he say oh that was crafty well done yeah <laughs> okay very good great question very yeah. good question well, i think uh, it sounds that... like it, it sounds like it, it actually happened for real as well. <laughs> well not to fraser fraser wouldn't break the rule no, not fraser no no but to um, some of but, this person's club but uh yeah i think uh, i think that's been a good episode and we're uh, we're all said and done very good again, Blakey. Just uh, really happy for you. Fantastic. You're on the other side of the world for what you love to do. And that's be on a golf course, helping officiate and be there to help players. And to be chosen for the Asian Tour and referee for the next two weeks is great news. So I hope you have a great time. Look forward to hearing about your experiences uh, next time we chat. Yeah, well, we'll try and do a podcast uh, next week after the tournament and I'll detail everything that I did wrong. I mean, uh, that uh, went right and went wrong. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's fun. It's fun being here. It's not raining at the moment, so I should get out for a course walk, uh, after some breakfast and, uh, and get into it. But, uh, yeah, thank you very much. You're, you're not in Melbourne at the moment either. So, uh, I'm not, I'm in the state in Queensland, just for a few days. An interesting, uh, an interesting, um, yeah, that we're doing Zoom by what, 16,000 kilometres separate us or something like that. That's so, good. Yeah. That's um, good. It's working out well. Anyway, uh, I'll leave you to it. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And, uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed the this episode of the podcast.